Okay, we're going to start from the top of Yud Zayin Amad Aleph. The Gemara said that Talmud Torah is greater than Kibbut of Aim, and we proved it from Yaakov Avinu, who was missing from his father for 36 years, but he was only punished for 22 years that he was missing, and he ended up missing Yosef for those 22 years. And how do we know? I said, I owe you something that, no? I never gave anything? Oh, yeah, yeah. So how do we know that Yaakov was uh, put Torah instead of Let's see, here's the Cheshman of the Gemara. Why on earth does the Torah have to tell me when Yishmael died? Who cares about Yishmael? From Yishmael, we could figure out the years of Yaakov. It's interesting, Yishmael was the generation before Yaakov. It was Yaakov's uncle. But from Yishmael, we could figure something out about Yaakov. In the end of the day, we're going to see that what do we need from Yishmael? Yishmael's death tells us when Yaakov left home. Without us knowing when Yishmael died, I would think that Yaakov left home when he was 77. And he went straight to Lavan, 14 years working, another six years working, and then, uh, and then Yosef being sold and the whole process. And then there's no 14 years missing from the Cheshmer. He stayed home till he was 77. He found a shidduch when he was 77 and continued from there. But it's only from our knowledge of Yishmael's death do we know that Yaakov left home at 63. And once we know that Yishmael died when Yaakov left, so now we know that Yaakov's 63, and now we know that there's 14 years missing till he was 77. And those are the years that he was in the yeshiva shame favor. Okay? That's the synopsis. Let's go through it now. How much older was Yishmael than Yitzchak? 14 years older. Avram was 86 when he had Yishmael. So Avram was 86 and 100 when he had his two kids. Good? 14 year different between Yishmael and Yitzchak. Mm-hmm. Yitzchak was 60 when he had Yaakov and Esav. So how old is Yishmael when Yitzchak is 60? Yishmael is 74. Yeah? So how old was Yishmael when Yaakov was born? If Yitzchak is 60, then Yishmael is 74. How many years are still left for Yishmael's life to 137? 137 minus 74 equals 63. We got 63 years from Yaakov's birth till Yishmael's death. Which shows that he loved. Here we go. Now we'll see. There's 63 years from Yaakov's birth to Yishmael's death. And we learned that Yaakov was 63 when he got the brachas from his father. And that was when Yishmael died. How do we know that? From this judgment. Because we know that Yishmael was 74 when Yaakov was born. And we know that Yishmael was 137 when he died. So Yishmael had 63 years that he got to see his dear nephew Yaakov. Okay? So nephew Yaakov is 63 when he gets the brachas, and that's when Yishmael dies. How do we know Yishmael died at the time of the brachas? Esav left also to find a shidduch. Who did he find as a shidduch? The sister of Nevoyes. Why does the Basarach have to call her the daughter of Yishmael and the sister of Nevoyes? 
Doesn't it work that way? The daughter of father ends up being the sister of brother. Don't I know that she's the sister of Nevoyah? The Pasuk is trying to say that there was an association between them besides for being the daughter and the the sister of somebody. She was betrothed to Yishmael. Yishmael betrothed his own daughter. And he dropped dead. And the Vayas took her as a wife. Her brother took her as a wife. I thought he had him. And Asaph came along and killed him and took Malchalas. So here we see that Yishmael died at the same time that they got the Brachas and left home. Okay. I thought, I thought Yishmael was alive when she got, when, she, when Esau got, um, what was it, Gershon? I'm assuming, what's the first step in the process? Erison? Erison, yeah. I thought Shmuel was still alive then. By Esau's Erison? I don't know. Esau got married before him too. This was late, right? He got married when he was 40. And now he's already 63. Okay, so now there's 14 years that he worked. So if he's 63 when he left home, he worked for seven years for Rachel, which turned out to be for Leah. Seven years for Rachel, which was for Rachel. Okay, until Yaisu was born. So 63 plus 14 years of working is, let's go, 77. The Gemara figured you wouldn't know it. They didn't know that you were in Urshlomo, so let's go. <laughs> if they knew that you were there, it'll be easy. Fast forward 30 years. Yosef was 30 years old when he was standing by fire. Forget about it, he was 17 when he was sold in because it doesn't say exactly how long he was working for Potiphar and etc. We know how long he was in the dungeon for, but we could skip all those Kashmonis because it says straight up, we know when Yosef was born, which is 14 years after all that time, what? Seventy-seven, and Yosef's born, and now it's thirty. At thirty, he was standing in front of Barry. Oh, may have a So Yosef is one hundred and seven years old. Sorry, not Yosef is seven years old. Uh, Yaakov is one hundred and seven years old. Sheva de Shiva, and then there were seven years of plenty. The Sava, retired in the Kafna, and two years of hunger. Hameya Vishitzar is 116. 107 plus 9 is 116. Now comes Yaakov down to Mitzrayim. How old are you? I'm 131 second. We just made a judgment that Yaakov is only 116. Why do you say he's 130? Shouldn't it be 116? There's 14 years missing from the judgment. 14 years in base Aver was not counted. How do we know that those were the 14 years? Maybe there's 14 years somewhere else. Because all the other Cheshmonis we worked out. We know how long you worked for. And we know how old Yosef was. And we know how long the hunger was. All those numbers are there. The only question is, when he left home, how old was he? Without knowing anything about Yishmael, I would say he left home when he was 77. And he stayed home for an extra 14 years. But now that I know that he left home at 63 because Yishmael died... And all the other years are Isaac Cheshbind. So there's 14 years in between he left home and before he started working for Lava. Those 14 years he was in Shiva Shem Ve'ever. Yaakov Beis Ever Mutman. Yaakov was hiding in Beis Ever. Abba Ezra Yishana 14 years. Ever Meis Lachas Yishana Yaakov Ben Laram Narayim. Stay Shonim. And Ever died two years after Yaakov was in Aram Narayim. Yatim Yishama Ben Laram Narayim. Yaakov left and came to Aram Narayim. When he actually met Rachel at the well, 
He wasn't 63 like we originally thought. Ben Shivan was seven, he was 77. How do we know that Yaakov was not punished for those 14 years that he was learning? Yosef was missing from his father. 22 years. Same amount of years that Yaakov was missing from his father. What are you talking about? Yaakov was missing 36 years. Ella? For the 14 years that he was in Shiva, is not counted to be punished because Torah overrides Kibur Ave'en. This Allah If your father says, I want you home, it's so nice to see you every night, and this and that and that, then you know that you can learn better in a yeshiva out of town. It overrides your father's feelings. It's Allah. What about Malik? Yeah, same thing, same thing. 100%. That's Allah. It overrides Kibur Ta'ama Torah overrides Kibur Ave'en. That's Allah. No, it actually happens, but it definitely does. There are many stories like this of, of, of the Talmudim who wanted to go to Eretz Yisrael. If parents felt it was dangerous, I'm worried. I'm always going to be worried. I'm worried when you're right. I love you dearly. I care for you dearly. But yes, commentary is bigger. Now you have to know if it's going to lead to fights, it might be a different story. It's a sacrifice. But I'm just talking about Islam. The parents are going to feel bad. They're going to feel hurt. You're causing them pain. And you are causing them pain. But if it's not going to be machlekes, it's not going to be machlekes. Then you do it. What? Then probably better not, because in the long run you're going to end up losing out. In the long run, the broken relationship is going to kill you. So in that situation, we probably tell you not to. But in terms of Stam, the midst of Kibbutz Avayim or Tamatera, Tamatera overrides Kibbutz Avayim. So I Gemara, Saif Saif. The base love on Esrim Shnin Havim. We don't. We're missing something. You told me he was gone for 22 years. We made a cheshbon by base love on 14 years till Yosef was born. Yaakov wanted to leave, and then Lavan said, "Stay in another six years." Well, Lavan didn't say six years. We said, "Stay and work." And after six years, uh, Hashem told Yaakov to leave. So bottom line is, he was only there for 20 years. It took two years for him to get back home. He left after 20 years of Naram Narayim. And he came to a place called Sukkot. You know it's called Sukkot? Because they built Sukkot. And he spent 18 months over there. Yaakov went to Sukkot. He built for himself a house. That means six months of winter. And he made two different shelters for the two summers that he spent there for his animals. So that's 18 months. So he spent 18 months in a place called Sukkot, and Basel on the way home, he made him his Bayach, and he spent six months over there. The Hikkav Zvachim, he brought Kabanis, that's a total of 24 months. So he was by Lavan for two, 20 years, and it took him two years till he got home. And the Yaakov Nasa Sukkot, it hints to us that Yaakov departed from the world on Sukkot. He died on Sukkot, and his Kura was on Chanukah. Hadrun Allah, Megillah, Nikras. Let's begin the next page. How is the Megillah? A guy reads the Megillah backwards, out of order. Loyotza. He does not fulfill his obligation. Kara Alpeh, if you read the Megillah Balpeh, Kara Targum Bukhaloshin. Or if you read it translated into different languages, we'll see what this means later on. Loyotza, Avakurnas, Loyotza, Bizlaz. You could read it to foreigners in their foreign language, as long as it's written with Hebrew letters, we'll see. Valoyotza, Shemashuas. A foreigner who hears it in Hebrew, Yotza, fulfills his obligation, even though he doesn't know what's flying. Kara Sirugan, if you read them broken up in cycles with breaks, Umis Namning. Or if you read it while dozing off, and you don't miss any words, you wake up and you continue, you wake up and you continue. Let's say you're writing a Megillah, or you're expounding, you're darshling the Megillah, or you're editing a Megillah, and you're saying the words as you're doing it in Kivin Libai, if you have the intent in your heart to be to the mitzvah, yatza, you fulfill the obligation. But if you don't have the intent, if you're just having a mind to write it or darshan it for the mitzvah of Talmud Torah, then you're not going to be to the mitzvah of Megillah. If it's written, all these different types of things that leave their mark, but it's not actually ink, Sam. 
is some kind of acid. Sikra is a red dye. Kumus is a yellow dye. Kankandam is a black dye that's used for leather shoes. Alanayer, if it's written on paper, or on the wrong part of parchment, the wrong type of skin from the animal wasn't properly prepared. What? No, it wasn't properly prepared. It was, it was, uh, it was, they put on flour or whatever. They didn't put on the gallnut oil, I think. Until it's written in Hebrew letters on cloth, properly prepared cloth, and with di with ink. really. How do I know that Megillah has to be read in order? How do I know that Megillah has to be read in order? Say it again. It's not Teresh Abel. Look inside. How do I know that the Megillah has to be read in order? Minani Mili. Amr of the Amr of the Basic says, Kichsavamu Kizmanab. They're writing and in their times. So we darshan Mazmanam Lafrei just like the time of Purim. Yodalat Esvav. The times of Purim have to flow in a specific order of time. Avksavam. So also the writing Megillah Lafrei It cannot be written out of order. That's the writing. I'm not talking about the writing. We're talking about the reading. You have a kosher Megillah. It's written in order. But could you read it out of order? So I can remember me decree Aksivacha. Does it say anything in this passage about the reading of Megillah? Aksivacha. The passage over here is talking about performing the holiday and how it was written. But the passage doesn't say anything about the reading. They should perform these two days of Purim like it's written and in their proper times. But it doesn't say anything about the reading. <laughs> These days are mentioned and performed. They're mentioned, meaning we read about these days in the Megillah and we perform them as a holiday. But we put the reading and the performance together. Just like the performance of the holiday, where are you? Just like the performance of the holiday cannot be done out of order. So to the reading about the holiday, the speaking about the holiday, which is the Kriyas Megillah, cannot be done out of order. There are three other things that have to be in order. Halo must be read in order. Kriyashma has to be read in order. And Shemoyne Esrei must be in order. If a guy messes up, and he says one bracha out of order, he's got to go back to that bracha and continue on again. How do we know that these things have to be in order? Four sources for this. Here we go. All of these are psukim and halam. It says, From the rising of the sun till it sets. So just like the day follows the flow of time, so to the hollow has to flow in its proper order. It should be just like the day, again, following the flow of time, following the flow of hollow. It should be blessed in the way that it is. As it is, it should be. From now forever. Again, just like an order of time goes present and then future, so too, Halal has to be read uh, in this proper order. Kriyashma. This will get a little bit complicated, but not too complicated. The Yiddish kept that are sitting over here. Let's go. Kriyashma, the Taniyad, we know that Kriyashma has to be read in order. The Taniyad, we know that Kriyashma has to be read in order. Kriyashma is, has to be read in the way it's written in Hebrew. We don't pass it like this. You can say Shema in English. But, Devei Rebbe, these are the words of Rebbe. Rebbe holds, Kriyashma must be in Hebrew. Kriyashma must be in any language. My time is Rebbe. Why does Rebbe say this? It's got to be in Hebrew. Amar Kriyashma says, 
These words should be. Well, just like we dash in Roman Aleph and Yishem Hashem Lurk, it should be the way it is. So do by Kriyash Matzvayu. The way they are, they should be in Hebrew. Rabbonan, they allow English. My time, Omer Kod, the Pasuk says, Shema, listen up, pay attention. As long as you understand it. Rabbi also doesn't say Shema. Doesn't that mean any language? He needs the word Shema to teach me. Let your ears hear what's coming out of your mouth. To say Kriya Shema audibly. That's not necessary. You don't have to hear the words. You should, but you don't have to. So the Rabbanon don't use the word Shema to say listen, to hear it. They say understand it. So it could be in any language. He says you got to hear it. So then the Pasuk doesn't mean to understand in any language. So he's bound to Vahayu, which means it's got to be the way it is in Hebrew. What do they do with Vahayu? Vahayu doesn't mean it should be the way it is. It should be the way it is in order. But not it should be the way it is in the Hebrew. So I've gone hold it could be in English, but it's gotta be in order. Every day. Got it? How does Rebbe know that it cannot be out of order? It says, See, he used the, the, this Pasik for two things. These words should be in the, the way they are in Hebrew, and these words should be the way they are in their order. He dashes both because the extra hey, frankly more, what did Rabban do with the extra hey? Nothing. It's not much for them that you have to dash in the extra hay. Good? Okay. Now we're going to try to infer from their opinions of Shema what they hold about the rest of Torah. If the Rabbanon are saying Shema could be in English, doesn't that mean that the rest of Torah has got to be in Hebrew? And when Rebbe says Shema has to be Hebrew, doesn't that mean that the rest of Torah could be in English? And we're going to disprove those assumptions. Here we go. Let's say, let's assume that Rebbe holds that the rest of the Torah could be in any language. If Rebbe holds everything's got to be Hebrew, then what's the point of the Torah saying, these words got to be Hebrew? Everything's got to be Hebrew. No, no, no. It could be the rest of Torah is in English. Sorry. Could be the rest of Torah is in Hebrew. Could be everything is in Hebrew. So then why do I need Vahoyu? By Shema, anyway, everything is in Hebrew. So the more is trick, I need Vahoyu to tell you Shema has got to be in Hebrew, even though everything also is Hebrew. Because you might have thought that Shema should be different than the rest of Torah. Maybe the rest of Torah is Hebrew, but you would have thought Shema is Gerabona, that means to understand it in any language. Because of Rachman of Vahoyu. It's got to be in Hebrew, just like the rest of the Torah. So let's go the other way. Lemurgus have Rabbanon. Rabbanon would say that it could be in English. Let's assume they hold that the rest of the Torah has to be Hebrew. Let's assume that they hold that the rest of the Torah has to be Hebrew. Because if you think that the rest of the Torah is also in any language, why do they need the Pasuk here by Shema to say any language? All of the Torah is any language. Why do they need Shema by Shema? If all the Torah could be in any language. So it could be the whole Torah is in any language. So why do I need Shema? Yitzchak. I need to say the word Shema. Because it could be the whole Torah is any language. But if not for the word Shema, you'd think that maybe Shema should be like Rebbe says. That should have to be Hebrew. If not for the word Shema, I would think to Darshan Vahoyu Advar Meila like Rebbe holds in Hebrew. 
So even though the rest of the Torah could be in any language, you might have thought that Shema should be different to like Rebbe old. It's got to be Hebrew because it says, well, you? So I need Shema to override Rebbe's Russia to say that Shema also could be in any language just like the rest of the Torah. Because of Rakhman and Shema. Okay, so we got through Megillah has to be in order. Halal has to be in order with four sources. Shema has to be in order from one source. Now we're up to the last thing. Shemayin Esri. Shemayin is going to take us through till over here. Okay? Till a little bit into the next Amr. We're going to go through the entire Shemayin Esri now. Each bracha. Each bracha. Here we go. And how do I know that Shemayin Esri has to be in order? The Tanya we learned in Abrahis, so Shimon Apakuli Histir, Shimon Esri Brachis, Lafnei Rebbe Gamliel, Shimon Apakuli arranged the 18 Brachis in front of Rebbe Gamliel, Al Haseder, with a specific order. The Yavna, so we gotta keep that order. On Rabbi Yechonim, I'm loving the Sita Tana. Name Yosem Zkenu, we have a Nevi'im, Tikkun Shemayin Esri Brachis Al Haseder. There were 120 sages, and some of them were even prophets that set up the Shemayin Esri in its specific order. And the Gemara later on is going to ask, if you have 120 Zakanim and some of them were prophets, what's Shimon Apkuli doing? The Gemara is going to say that people forgot it. They didn't have Sidurim in those days. People forgot the order, and Shimon Apkuli had to reinstate it. <coughs> Here we go. Ready for Shimon Apkuli? How do we know that you should present the Zachus of our forefathers to the Rebbein Shalom in the grand entry of Shimon Apkuli? Shanam of the Pasik says, Present to Hashem the powerful ones. Who's the powerful ones? The Avis. How do you know to speak about Hashem's tremendous Gvura of Geshem and Chiesamesim? Shanamar, present before Hashem, honor and strength. How do we know to speak about Hashem's holiness? You guys don't do that in your shoes? In some, like, you know, synagogues, when they put away the Sefer they sing. It's Ms. Maladavid. That's fine. Also, Ms. Maladavid. Right? That's it. This is it. This is telling you what to present before God. Because before you start asking for things, you gotta. That's the proper way of prayer. You gotta say, Hashem, you're awesome, you're great. Please give me something. Thank you. So, this is how we know how to present Kivayacha like a gift. Before Hashem, you present the Avais, B'nai Elim, Kavayd Vo'oiz, Hashem's might, and Hishtag Lashem Adres Kodesh is Hashem's Kedusha. Maro Bina. Okay, now let's get to the to the requests. How do we know to request Bina for understanding Akha Kedusha? After we mentioned Hashem's holiness, Shanem Akha's Apostle says, V'kdish Kedush Yaakov. They sanctify the holiness of Yaakov. And the God of Israel, they glorified, they honored. The Samachlein, right afterwards, the Apostle says, Those that had mistaken spirits will come to no understanding. So you see, after Kedush Hashem comes understanding. That's the natural flow of events. So that's why we ask for understanding right after Kiddush Hashem. Why do we have Tshuva Shivenu? After understanding the Ksiv, he'll understand the Shav. And he'll do Tshuva. So you see, right after you get clarity about God, the natural response is Tshuva. So right after Havana, after Bina, we have Tshuva. So you should return and be healed. Pray Gemara, once if you're using this Pasuk, then right after Hashivenu should be Rufeinu. Right? 
Should be Rafainu. Shouldn't Rafainu come right after Tshuva? Return to Hashem and have mercy. Return to God because He'll forgive you. So you see, forgiveness comes after Tshuva. And have this Basak that says Tshuva and then Slicha. Which one do I use? Who said you should do Tshuva and then Slicha? Maybe do Tshuva and then Re. If the Gemara have a third pasuk to to sway it, Hashem forgives all your virus. He heals you from all your sickness. And he redeems from the depths of your life. So you see that it's slicha and then re. Fua, so Rafua comes later. Lamemra de Gula Rafua Basa Slichahi. So you see from here the Gaula and Rafua come after Slicha. First is Slicha, and then Rafua and Gaula, not in that order. First Gula, then Rafua. As we're about to see why. What do you do with the other Pasik that said Shuva and Rafua? It's a joke. What does that Pasik mean? So Agnimara. That's not referring to the healing of your body for diseases. It's referring to healing you from sin. That refu in the Pasuk of Veshav Light says, do tshuva and you'll be healed, means do tshuva and you'll be healed from your sins, which is through forgiveness. So that Pasuk also really is referring to tshuva and slicha. And then comes refu and Gula, but not in that order. It's Gula and refu. Why? Here we go. So why is Gula 7? Shouldn't be after Refeinu? We switched the order of Gula and Rafua for this reason. Since Klaishel is going to be redeemed, the Gula, the redemption is going to be in the seventh year of the Shemitah Shaikul. So therefore, we made the Brock of Gula in the seventh. What are you talking about? We learned in the sixth year of the Shemitah Shaikul, there's going to be news, there's going to be a lot of news going on in the world. People are going to be talking, change of world order. Bishmias, Mulchamay, seventh year. There's going to be tons of wars. Umay say Shmias ben David ba. At the end of the seventh year, leading into the eighth year, is when Mashiach ben David is going to come. So what are you telling me? Gula's in the seventh year. You see, from here, Gula's in the beginning of the eighth year. After the Gemara, Mulchamay Nami, Aschal to the Gula. The wars that were leading into Mashiach's coming is already part of the Gula. That was what we call the birth pangs of Mashiach. That's already part of the Gula, and that's in the seventh year. Why is Rafa'inu switched to be the eighth bracha? Maro Rafa'ua Bishminis, Amrevacha, Vitek Shanasna, Shanitna Mila Bishminis. Brismila is on the eighth day. That's the first time most people need a Rafa'ua Shlema. It's on the Brismila. So since your Brismila is on the eighth day, Rafa'inu is the eighth bracha. Shetichafua, Lafikakafua Bishminis. Maro Loyme Bracha, Birkasashan Mashias. Why is the bracha about Hashem producing a lot of grain and produce in the world? The bracha panasa. Why is that the ninth bracha? This is going against the inflationists. There used to be people that were bad guys, and in order to have monopolies and to hike up the prices of things, they would burn off extra gasoline, extra oil, just to keep the prices high. They would hide the diamonds of South Africa, like the De Beers, in order to keep the prices of diamonds high. They would destroy the natural resources of the world just to keep the prices high. They're called Rishai. They're called Rishayim. Zagdigamara Adiksiv Shivar Zroya Rasha Davar Amel Davin Hashem break the arm of the Rishayim who do this. Hashem gave blessing to the world. He put in tons of natural resources, and you're destroying it because you want to make more money. Share it with the world. Make a gamach. The David Ki Amra Bechias Amra. When did David pray? 
against these inflationists, these price hijackers. He prayed against them in the ninth bracha. The ninth bracha is the bracha that we ask Hashem produce for the world. And connected that, David was saying, and get rid of those people that are destroying all of their extra produce. So therefore, we make it the ninth bracha, which is the bracha of the blessing of the resources of the world. Why is Yisrael, the ingathering of the exiles after Birchas Hashanim? We're like seventh last line. And you, mountains of Israel, your branches give forth. And your fruits you should bear. You see that before Kleisol comes to Israel, first the earth has to produce a lot of food. We're going to be eating a lot, hopefully. So Eretz Yisrael has got to produce, and then we could gather to Eretz Yisrael. So the bracha, the ninth bracha, is asking Hashem to provide produce. Now we could talk about coming all from all over the world to Eretz Yisrael. And once the gathering comes in of all the exiled, and Hashem starts punishing and getting rid of the wicked. When I rescind my hand from upon you, Hashem says, meaning when I end your tzaras, when I end your gullus, and I'm allowing you to come back, I will then purify, like with soap, all of your impurities. We'll get rid of the bad guys. I will restore your judges like originally. And once the judgment is done on the Rishayim, the sinners and the Apikarsim, they all get finished off together. And the Mazid sinners also. Hashem destroys the Zaydin and the sinners together. Yeah, to get rid of the bad guys. After the Lamal Shidim comes, Allah Tzadikim. Why? Because once the bad guys are gone, then everyone starts noticing the greatness and the glory of the good guys. Because until the, while the bad guys are around, they make all the noise. They take over all the YouTube channels, you know? And every other channel everywhere else, right? They have all the media. Once you get rid of the bad guys, all of YouTube will be into. Yeah. Okay. So then that's what we pray for Al well, chop down the pride of the wicked. And that'll uplift the pride of the tzaddikim. And we put gerim together with the tzaddikim in this bracha. They say for talking about that when they talking. The pasuk says that you should honor, you should stand up for the old person and honor the zakin. And right next to that pasuk it says, and when there's a ger, when there's a convert that lives amongst you, you should take care of him and don't take advantage of him. So you see, the Torah puts Gerim together with Sadiqim. Rabbi Nabachi, we learned in Karakemach, says the reason why we put Gerim and Sadiqim together, you know why? Because real Sadiqim, they don't belong here, they're Gerim. They're not from this world. They're not from this world. We're from this world. Ice cream, jelly beans. We're also put next to Gerim. What? Next to Gerim? It says Allah Sadiqim. And we ask Hashem to please include us with them. We ask Hashem to please include us with them. Anyway, we ask Hashem, but we're not naturally together with them. We hope. Can you what? So that's why Gerim are included together because the Pasuk puts them together. Where is their pride come out? Where do we see the glory of the Sadiqim? That's why after Allah Sadiqim comes, ask about the welfare of Yushalayim. 
those that love you, Yushalayim, which are the tzaddikim, are they at peace? Are they doing well? So the people, the tzaddikim, do well in Yushalayim. So when we speak about the roimamos of the tzaddikim, we speak about Yushalayim. Once Yushalayim is restored, but David, then we can is going to come to town. Says after that, after the Jews are returning, and they seek out Hashem the God, and David their king. So once we return to Yushalayim, we can expect David David. Once David comes, what does he do for us? He teaches us how to David. Tehillim is the big, you know, prayer book. So once David Amalek comes, bust tefillah, he restores the real level, the real madrigue of tefillah back to Klai Israel. And that's what it says. says in the Bosque, he wants you back in Yushalayim and you're building the Harkot. The base of Mikdash is called Base Tfilasi, the house of prayer. So once we have David Amalek, we're going to have a house of prayer again. The base of Mikdash is one big shul. It's a house of prayer. Once Tefillah is restored to Klai Israel, then the Karbanas are restored. It's interesting. In that order. First, we can have a basic Mikdash that we can daven in, and then we can bring Karbanas. After it's based Tefillah, then comes Eliseyem. Then comes the Karbanas. So that's why we have Ritzay and Vesachazena. Once we have the Avoida, which is Ritzay, comes, thank you, Hashem. When you slaughter, which is of carbonus, with thanks you will honor me. So you see that slaughtering carbonus comes with thanks. Why on earth is Birch Kehanim after Moidin, before Sim Shalim? Why is it like squeezed in over there? Shouldn't it be like my Ritzay? So the Mar looks at the Pasuk says, "Visa Aaron is the other Elohim." Aaron Akoyin lifted his hands to the nation. Vayivar came and gave him a blessing. And he came down from bringing the Karmakatz Vayilu Vashlamim. So the Gemara, if that's the Pasuk that's connecting Birchas Kehanim to the Karbanas Tavayda, then Birchas Kehanim should be before Moedim. It should be by Avayda. It should be by Ritzay. Eimokidim Avayda should be even before Ritzay. Because if you read the Pasuk, it says he did Birchas Kehanim and he came down from bringing the Karban. So Gemara Leisach Daidik, you're misunderstanding something here. The Chiziv it says Vayered Me Asoy Sachatos. It doesn't say he came down to do the carbon after the bracha. It says he gave the bracha and he came down from doing the carbonis. You see, he already did the carbonis, but while he was up there, he gave us the bracha and then he came down. So first came the carbonis and then came the brachas. So by us also, we have Ritzay first and then the bracha. Okay? Well, why don't we put it right after the Avoida, before Moedim? Put it right after Ritzay and Vesechazena, before Moedim. Why are you putting Moedim with the Avoida? We already said, Zevach and Toida have to go together. Carbon and Oda have to go together. You can't split them up. Why are you relying on the Pasuk of Zevach and Toida, which puts them together? That puts Aaron together with Avoida. So Gemara Vistavra, it makes more sense to put carbon and things together. One of the most amazing statements in Masechus Megillah. Avoida and Hoida is one thing. Serving Hashem and thanking Hashem is one and the same. You can't separate the two. Why Sim Shalim? Why Sim Shalim after Birkas Kehanim? Place my name on the Menesol and then I will bless them. So when Kehanim put, put Hashem's name on us, when they put Hashem's name upon us, then Hashem blesses us. 
What's Hashem's bracha? Bracha like it's a bracha shalom. Shem Hashem Yivarekas Amoy Bashalom. So after the Kalyanim put Hashem's name upon us, Hashem blesses us with shalom. So after Bichas Kalyanim comes Sim Shalom. Frankly, Marv Chimeach, the Mayor of Yasim is getting with me. I'm coming of here. Take note to feel Allah say there. If you're telling me that 120 sages and some of them were even prophets, they were the ones that established when Ezra on his order. Shimon Apakuli, my history. What on earth did Shimon Apakuli do? They did not have printed Sidurim in those days. People forgot it. It wasn't so well known yet. And he had to remind it. What? Yeah, he re- reinstated it for people. So from here on in, after the 18 brokers were established, you're not allowed to add on your own praises as part of a brokers of Shemayin Esrei. You want to get up on your own and say, Hashem, you're great, you're awesome, thank you, Hashem. Beautiful. But for you to make it as part of the official tefillah, you can't do it. Me and Malik, who is Hashem, what? You can't. Only the sages were able to do it. So why? Because it says in the passage, Me and Malik, who is Hashem, who could speak the greatness of Hashem? Yashmiya Kulti Should make heard all of Hashem's prayers. The only one that could make prayers is the one that has the ability to make all the prayers. For who is it fitting to speak about the might of Hashem for a person who is capable of letting me heard all of Hashem's praises? A guy who speaks too much of Hashem's praises, he's uprooted from the world. Can it be told to Hashem that you should even start speaking? If a person thinks that he could say all the praises of God, you know, I'll make a long 20-minute song of just praises to Hashem. Uh, you think that's enough? If a person thinks that he could fully sing the praises of Hashem, ki yibala, such a person should be swallowed up. To you, silence is a praise. The, the, the potion, the, the heal, the cure. For everything is silence. If a word is worth a sela, then silence is worth two. I can show you a sela if you want.